Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Time now to talk some crickets and continue the cricket chat. And Simon Cowditch, part of the SEN crew for Test Cricket, is going to join us right now. And uh, we're looking forward to day two of the test. It's um, nicely balanced after a bit in it for <clears throat> bat and ball. Down there in Hobart, and uh, Simon joins us right now. How are you, mate? Good morning, guys. I'm just clearing my throat here. I don't. I, I tested negative <laughs> again this morning. I swear. So <laughs> the little one line, not the two. I came up. So um, looking forward to uh, possibly testing tomorrow. But anyway, um, mate, what do you think of day one down there in, uh, in I, Hobart? I thought it was outstanding. I think it was the first Ashes Test that Bill Reeves hosted and you could tell that uh, the crowd were loving the occasion. Lots of kids around, particularly early on in the day and getting a chance to see, uh, you know, obviously some of their heroes up close and personal. So a fantastic uh, moment for Tassie Sport down here. And, and the other thing was that, you know, it was full of uh, action. The first session, you know, England were well on top, had Australia in all sorts of trouble at three for 12 in some, you know, devilish batting conditions with a green wicket and, pink ball that was moving around a fair bit off the scene but um, once Australia sort of counter-attacked in the second hour it's just it's amazing how quickly the momentum of the, ja- the game changed with Travis Head and, and initially Marnus Labuschagne and then Cameron Green a little bit later on and England were found wanting again with the ball um, they've just, whatever Joe Root throw it, uh, threw at Australia he just um, he couldn't find any answers and yeah they're, uh, they're no doubt almost got one foot on the plane now yeah, so I mean, it was interesting. I, I, we spoke to Dougie Bollinger earlier and I asked him about the openers, which was a complete waste of time because he would have no idea about anything to do with, <laughs> about batting <laughs> our mate Doug. But when, and, and being a top order batsman yourself, when they peel the covers off the wicket and you see what it is, uh, did, did the top order get spooked a little bit by that wicket and, and they were a little bit nervous in their dismissals and how they got out Warner, Kawaja up the top there? Oh, look, I think. What happens in those conditions is if the bowlers get it in the right areas, you know it's going to be tough work. And, you know, both sides of the batter in, in play with the movement, both outside edge and inside edge and the stumps. And, and I think England, you know, deserve a lot of credit for the way they bowl with the new ball. Robinson was excellent. Broad was excellent. So in those conditions, which are very English-like, they know how to bowl and, and they did bowl beautifully. They just couldn't sustain it. But I thought Warner and, and Kawaja applied themselves as best they could. And, you know, they both got... Balls that, um, you know, decent balls, but yeah, they're ones that probably, uh, you know, on another t- day or time, they'd probably try to keep them out and potentially let the ball go. But it's so hard when the ball's moving around both ways to get your judgment right every single time. But, um, you know, that's part of the role sometimes, and they'll get an opportunity, no doubt, in the second innings where the conditions will be different and potentially they get a chance to, to get a big score. But um, they've both been excellent in this series, and yesterday, unfortunately, just was a tough day for openers. It's well, the last two series, in fact, between Australia and England, Kat, have, have been really tough for the openers. And you can probably relate because it's when the ball's moving so much and you've got cloud overhead, it's 
a difficult proposition. And in that premise, do you think that Marcus Harris was harshly judged by or was just in the wrong place at the wrong time, given what Kawaja did up in Sydney? Yeah, look, I, yeah, look, I think um, everyone will speculate that, you know, maybe as a specialist opener, he could have played. But I think, you know, he's had plenty of opportunities too. And, and this is the hard part is that when someone comes in and scores 200 in one test when there's only been five in the series um, across, you know, four tests, it just it was a remarkable effort by Kawaja, and particularly in Sydney too, where it was tricky conditions there. Whilst he didn't open the batting, he still faced the second new ball, and he got a lot of his runs in the first innings. Um, you know, from that second new ball onwards. So the thing is that that happens at times where you know Marcus Harris has been dropped, but I'm sure that you know if he goes away, makes plenty of shield runs, he's still young enough to fight his way back in the team. But you know, at this level, if you don't convert, and he hasn't, he hasn't got a Test hundred yet after 13 Tests. That the, cre- the doubts start to creep in uh, within his own game and his own mind. And he just needs to be able to grab that next opportunity and make sure that he gets the bigger scores. Because he's been, he's been okay this summer. He certainly hasn't failed. There's no doubt he's been consistent getting starts. But ultimately, as a top six batsman, you've got to get hundreds. And particularly at test level, there's someone else ready to grab your spot if you don't make the most of it. So I'm watching the, the coverage last night uh, on Seven and, and Ricky Ponting and yourself were speaking about how... The English bowled to Travis Head, and early on in his innings, he got he got hit a couple of times early. But the temptation with the pink ball and the green wicket was to keep pitching up, and he just kept knocking them through the covers. Should they have gone to the the short pitch bowling and stuck to it a little bit more with Travis Head? Yeah, well, this is the problem they've got with their attack at the moment is they they're lacking a lot of firepower. I, the only one that's got the sort of capacity to bowl over 140 k's and really ruffle up some of the Australian batsmen is Mark Wood. And he's been excellent in this series, but found it tough yesterday in those conditions uh, because of, I guess, the skiddier trajectory he's got and, and the fact that he was asked to probably bowl a bit like the other bowlers to, to pitch up and move it and, and try and get some you know, movement off the seam. And, and that didn't really work for him early. He got clubbed for, I think, 31 runs of his first three overs. But when he did go in sort of short and into Travis Head's blind spot, sort of over the wicket into his ribs, there was a couple of balls he took his eye off and sort of gloved the ball down into the leg side. And, you know, two balls out of a spell is not enough when you can see that the batsman hasn't really enjoyed that line and length. And, you know, you only have to look at his, his scoring wagon wheel to realise that they bowled, you know, gave him way too much width. I mean, Travis Head does like to stay leg side of the ball and he just carves the ball through offside. That's his strength. And I don't think England certainly did enough planning on that and, and they just fed his strength and he was too good yesterday. It was a magnificent knock given the circumstances of Australia being 3 for 12 and then the conditions that were presented early on. But the way that he and uh, initially Marnus Labuschagne counterattacked, it was just brilliant to watch and it was really instinctive batting um, once they, they realised the conditions were, were better in their favour in the second, uh, you know, the second part of the first session. Here's one for you. Um, it's an article by Dan Cherney on, on codesports.com.au. Nick Davis obviously mentions everywhere where he works all the time, so I'm going to <laughs> mention where I work now as well. Um, he, he's come up with the the question of who's man of the series at the moment, and it's a, it's a really tricky one because Mitchell Stark's been outstanding with the ball. Um, Uzi has only played now his second test. Travis Head was good at the Gabba. Backs it up here in Hobart, but missed a test because he went for a drink when he um, regretfully went for a drink and missed a, a test match. <laughs> where does it where does it lie with you at the moment about who who uh, would be man of the series? Yeah, I mean, it's, there's still plenty to play out in this test, but um, 
you know, it's, it's a tough one. I think it's a good problem to have. Australia have got so many contributors in this series. Um, with bat and ball, I mean, Labuschagne's been excellent. Warner's done an excellent job. Whilst he hasn't got 100, he's made some critical knocks at the top of the order and, you know, laid the platform. I think Kawaja's come in. He's been magnificent. Travis Head's had a superb summer and probably found, you know, the template for how he needs to go about his batting at test level. I think everyone that's watched him at shield level has seen this side of him and how he tries to dominate shield attacks. But he's now doing it here in these conditions. So he's right up there. Because yesterday's knock just completely swung the momentum of the test match. Um, Mitchell Stark's been brilliant. Pat Cummins has been brilliant, not only with the ball, but also as skipper. Um, I'm trying to think. Nathan Lyon's been pretty good at times. It's yeah. just really tough. Scott Boland has been magnificent, and he's only played two tests so far, and he's got an opportunity to do well down here as well. So, yeah, I think Australia would be very, very pleased with where they're at. But I think they're also would know that there's some bigger challenges coming up uh, in the subcontinent because whilst England are very good at home, they've been poor this series away and they've got a huge amount of issues in their test team at the moment. So yeah. I think Australia will realise that and, and know that there's plenty more work to be done. Yeah, England need the paddock, big style, the the spell. Um, it, Just on that, you, you look back to the last Ashes series and it was Steve Smith with the bat with a bit from Marnus and it was Pat Cummins with the ball. But apart from that, the the, the spread of of class moments within each contest wasn't quite there as opposed to this series where the, the spread of depth is, is a lot better. And it feels like, I don't know, about 18 months ago, you were really worried about the depth of Australia's batting lineup, especially when Smith and Warner weren't there. And now all of a sudden there's guys pushing, pushing, and then the bowling stocks have got better and better with guys like Scotty Boland um, popping up. Yeah, and, and even Jai Richardson, who got the five for in Adelaide, he's a very good young prospect. Michael Nisa certainly did okay there as well. So there's, there is good depth. I think the big challenge is, like, I think everyone knows that in these conditions, we have a big advantage and our players love playing at home. And that's great. And that's how it should be. But I think the next challenge for this group is to be able to transform that away overseas where, you know, conditions aren't in, in their favour, particularly with the batting and spin or, or the bowlers with, you know, lower, slower wickets and not the same mm. sort of bounce that they get here in Australia. So, that's the challenge for this group, and I'm sure that they're going to be up to it because it's a really good young group of and, and experienced players as well. Simon, how do you see this first uh, session of day two going down there in, in Tassie? Is the sun shining? What 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 are we expecting? And did you was the rain down there last night enough to you know force them off the field? I thought they probably could have kept going. Yeah, they probably could have. It was only sort of light, and then I guess the hard part is. You know, the bowling team's always probably going to complain about the ball getting wet. But I just think in, in this day and age, you know what, if it gets wet after five overs, make sure the umpires allow the bowling team to have a bit of leeway and get another ball out there to try it. So at least then the crowd get to see the action. And I think there's ways around that sort of drizzle. Um, and if both teams get the same sort of courtesy from the umpires, then I think it's, it's fair for both. Um, at the moment, it's still really cloudy and I think there's, forecast a few sort of showers later but um, yeah let's hope that we get more action I think Australia in a really good position um, the ball's nearly I think it's about 60 overs old so you know they've got a, a good chance to really make the most of the, the next sort of 20 overs with the ball not really doing too much um, because it, it looked pretty good batting conditions once they got set last night and and then uh, we know that if you have a new ball on this uh, this wicket it could be a tricky sort of period so particularly when the lights come on later, I think uh, the England openers might have their work cut out. So yeah, uh, it should be another really good day of test cricket. I agree. I'd, I'd 
trust Novak Djokovic to self-isolate more than I would the English batting lineup to um, be able to get through a tough period. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, Simon Caddick's looking forward to the call later on on SEN around the country. Um, go well, mate. Enjoy day two. Thanks. Thanks very much, Glo.